Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 53. My name's Tyler, and I'm here with Matt. Got a question for you, Tyler. What's up? You ready? Yeah, born for this. How many episodes of a TV show do you have to watch in a row for it to count as binging? Three. Three or more is binging? Yeah, I mean, some people would go really hard with that and say, like, you have to watch an entire season. But I would say if I sat, especially like an hour TV show or any show, if I watch three episodes of it, like mm-hmm. I just spent some time with that. Like I consume some media there. Yeah. Whereas like one or two, like you're just, you could just be getting caught up or just, you know, watching something here and there. Okay. Like so, it, it's kind of hard to sneak in three episodes of a show unless it's like a YouTube short. So two episodes is not a binge. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, cause like Kenobi, a, a Star Wars show that came out a couple weeks ago, they released the first two episodes at the same time. So, like, are you binging by just watching the episodes that came out 20 minutes before? I don't think so. Okay. But I wanted to check on that because um, recently my wife and I watched two episodes in a row of a particular show that we like. Mm-hmm. And we usually just watch one, like, 99% of the time. Yeah. And this particular time uh, we watched two. And I, I looked at her and said, uh, was this a binge? Yeah. What was, what was the show? Um, it's a show called This Is Us. Wow, that's crazy because this week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by This Is Us. No way. I know. Isn't that crazy? They didn't really give us much of a read. They just they just really mentioned it. It was NBC that reached out, but they said, no, NBC, we're not the sponsor. We want This Is Us to be the sponsor of Valley View Podcast episode 53. That's so, wild. Shout out to This Is Us. It's crazy that you were just watching that show. That's wild, Tyler. That's insane. That was excellent podcasting. Um. <laughs> Now, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one of your least favorite things. I'm going to go off the script for a second. <laughs> I'm cringing. Um, yeah, I know you are. But I think you'll like this one. So I, it's really just an announcement. Uh, an, an announcement for the listeners and for us, really for you. I, I'm very excited about this. Um, as of today, June 9th of 2022, we have been podcasting for just over a year. Right. Episode episode 52 comes out today. This one will come out next week. But as of June 9th, the day that episode 52 came out, the, the one year anniversary of the podcast, episode one of the Valley View podcast has hit 100 listens. No way. Yep. I checked it right before this. That was a high five that you heard. The century mark. Yeah. On, on the one year anniversary, I checked it and it's got 100 plays. Was that 100th play um, by Tyler Magnuson? No, I was going to do it. If it was at 99, I was going to go and play it to get it to 100, but it was at 100 naturally. It was probably one of our moms or one of our wives. Would not be surprised. Took pity on us. (laughs) Took the plunge. So it took us one calendar year to get 100 listens on our first episode. On one episode. episode. On one episode. Okay. Well, that's a good benchmark for the kids out there. So we should have 200 next year, 300 the year after. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to happen, but maybe it will. It's really exciting, and I'm glad you went off script. Yeah. I, so now to get back on script. So what have what we are learned we, so what far? What are we talking about today? Um, three or more episodes is binging. Yeah. Um, today's sponsor is This Is Us. I should mention um, on binging, the, the defense I use for why Kenobi's not a binge because they released two at the same time, I am anticipating the objection that at times companies will release an entire season of a show at once. Mm-hmm. but I mean, I, th- I think the, the, the statement that, oh, two episodes got released, but it's not binging comes with the stipulation that it's like a weekly release schedule. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Right, the right. Daredevil Marvel show got released a season at a time. Mm-hmm. But obviously you're binging if you watch a season at a time. 
So I'm going to stick with three or more episodes. Are you able to exercise some self-control in the situations where uh, a show will release like a whole season at once? Do you, do you view self-control as a virtue of being able to say like, okay, I'm only going to watch one like right now. Or do you throw caution to the wind and just say, I'm going to watch whatever I want, um, whether it's a binge or not. I have never, <clears throat> this is not, you're going off script because we weren't planning on talking about this. Um, I have never been a fan of a show at a time that an entire season has been released. Mm-hmm. So I've never had to make that decision. Um, it's interesting. So I watch TV for leisure as, as most people do, but when it comes to watching new episodes of things that I care about, I almost view it as like a task. So I feel like if a whole season came out, I would say, okay, well, I need to, I need to pound these out. Like I need to get all these episodes watched. Like mowing the lawn. Well, a lot more, a lot more enjoyable than mowing the lawn, but. (laughs) But in the sense that you're never going to watch, you're never going to mow just like a third of your lawn. If you're going to mow the lawn, you're going to mow the whole lawn. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, so a perfect example of this, this mindset of mine that some people might think is like sick. Um, A new Marvel show came out yesterday called Miss Marvel. I wasn't that interested in it. I knew I probably wouldn't like it, but I'm caught up on all Marvel visual media. And so this morning I watched it. I played on my phone while I was watching it, but I watched it. Had to knock it out. Got to stay caught up. Okay. So you view um, watching programs more like a task, like mowing the lawn. And I view it more like um, a bag of chocolate where I don't want to eat it all at once. I want to save some for later. So I'll have one now, uh, you know, I'll have one in a few hours and make it last a long time. This is another way our brains are different because I view almost everything as a task. It's Mm. just the the tasks are different degrees of fun. Mm. Like I view eating chocolate as a task. I mean, I view eating as a task and I love to eat, but like it's, it's a really enjoyable task. Okay. But that is part of why it's hard for me to like, it's hard for me to eat slowly because like this is a very enjoyable task, but it's a task that I want to accomplish. I want to eat my food. Let me, let me dig a little further into that. Please, please do. Let's talk about something like vacation. Vacation is specifically designed most of the time to be relaxing, to allow you to unplug. Does your mindset go so far as to think of a vacation as a task to be gotten through with boxes to check? Or can you actually... You you're know, you're painting that picture incorrectly because it's not like it, saying as something to get through is incorrect because I'm not like when a new episode of, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show comes out, I'm not trying to get through it, but I am trying to accomplish the task because uh, the reason I'm specific about that is because accomplishing things is enjoyable. Getting through things is just like you're doing it because you have to. Okay. So when it comes to vacations, I would say it depends on the vacation and my role. Like when I, when my family went to Oklahoma last month, uh, well, I mean, obviously the disc golf road trip was all about accomplishing things. Um, when my family went to Oklahoma last month, um, I was pretty relaxed about, wow, that's not true. I was trying, I wanted to play a lot of disc golf. So you were not relaxed. But, but I don't need to be like the vacation wasn't worse because I played a bunch of disc golf. It was better actually. Um, and like Emily and I's honeymoon, we went to Hawaii like we literally I, were wired the same. Like we were in our, uh, our hotel room, like one of, one of the early nights of the trip, like the first or second night, like planning out everything we wanted to do while we were there and like planning out the best days to do it. And it wasn't, I don't think it's because we're like unhealthy people who can't relax. I think it's just because we wanted to like have as much fun as we could and see as many cool things as we could. Like we're in Hawaii for a week, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's a normal thing to do. Yeah. So not like that. Yeah. So 
I would, but, but I will also say there are times, and I would say specifically evenings, there are evenings where I just, I feel caught up on everything that I want to accomplish. And so I just sit, like I play on my phone for a few hours or watch TV that I don't care about being caught up on. Um, yeah, but I would say for the most part, most things that I do are for the purpose of accomplishing tasks. And those tasks can be a variety of enjoyable, like to say accomplish a task doesn't mean that I don't like it because some because playing disc golf can feel like I'm sometimes I'm doing that to accomplish a task. Like I want to play this new course, but playing new disc golf courses is like one of the most fun things I do, but it's still a task that I'm accomplishing. That was enjoyable to hear about. Yeah. Inside my brain. Did you start a timer? No. Oh no. <clears throat> but how I will can, we know? I, I can, I can estimate. Yeah. Um, we started at probably like 1233. Tyler. Um, what comes to mind when I say Colossians? Uh, it's the first book I ever taught on as a youth pastor. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be at Prairie Hill. Mm-hmm. First, uh, first content assignment was Colossians. Did you pick it or did someone else pick it? I picked it. You picked it. Why did you pick it? Do you remember? Um, Because I, at that point in my life, the only teaching style I'd seen was teaching through a book of the Bible. And so I wanted to teach through a book of the Bible. Uh-huh. So I chose Colossians. Do you remember why you chose Colossians as opposed to Ephesians or? Well, not Ephesians. Exodus. I had just learned about Ephesians for six years. <laughs> um, uh, I chose Colossians, I think, because it was a New Testament book that was four chapters and I had like four months to teach through it. Okay. I wanted to do new, I wanted to do new Testament over old Testament. Cause I thought new Testament would be easier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had four months. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Colossians is that when I was younger, I used to think the word sounded a lot like galoshes. <laughs> uh, to me, I just see the word colon in it. Colon. Yeah. Huh. I guess that's true. Um, what about the content of the book? Any, does anything come to mind right away when you think about content or does nothing really stand out? High mm-hmm. view of Jesus. That's exactly what comes to my mind too. That, that's what Pastor Jerry told me when I told him I was going to go through the book in youth group. Uh, was like, I love the way that that book talks about Jesus. So we're all, all in line there. Yeah. Philippians has its own section that talks about, um, you know, the divinity of Jesus, a high view, you know, God becoming nothing and then give, being given a name that's above every name mm-hmm. um, really comes through in Colossians, especially chapter one. Jesus is the one, you know, through whom and for whom all things have been created. You know, he is the upholder of all things. Um, I, I really love that. It apparently something was going on in, in Colossae that was not good. There's this scholars talk about. They really mysterious, say what it is, so, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of theories as to what <laughs> something was wrong. What is the particular heresy that had taken hold in Colossae that Paul's addressing? Um, it, it seems like somewhere along the line there, they got off track in their doctrine. And so he is presenting, you know, true doctrine to them. And a lot of it has to do with the person and work of Jesus Christ. And um, so that's good. It, it talks, chapter two talks about being rooted in Christ and built up. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're familiar with the navigators, they have what's called the two seven series, which comes from Colossians two seven about being rooted in Christ and growing up in the faith. Um, so that's really good. What, what else about Colossians? Do you have a favorite passage from Colossians? 
Uh, the part in Colossians 1 where, uh, where's my phone? What are you looking for, Matt? <laughs> my Bible. Oh, weird. You can I grab, know. dude, grab the one that, uh, see, look on the top. This is a great for the audio listeners. The one to the left of that. Yeah. Okay. That's my dad's Bible from like 1971. Oh, good. We'll see what Mark found meaningful back in the 70s. Well, he probably did not here. underline it. <laughs> my dad doesn't, my dad and I don't write in our Bibles very much. What are you looking for? Didn't even write his name. What are you looking for? I'm writing, uh, I'm looking for the name Mark Magnuson in this oh, Bible. It's not it's there. Not I, I was wondering why you were at the beginning when you were looking for Colossians. <laughs> I just wanted to try to find any kind of writing in here. No, I don't think there's any. Uh, I probably underlined something. Okay. At some point somewhere. How do you know it's your dad's Bible if his name is not in it? Because he gave it to me. Okay. Okay. So I think my favorite Colossians passage is the one. Oh, I underlined it. Oh, look at that. Okay. There you go. Oh, that's not the thought. That's not the one that I thought I underlined. That's the verse before the one I was going to say. Um, the one I underlined is Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, for he, so Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Or so it's God the Father. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But then the, the passage that I thought of that I like a lot is the one of it, when we talk about how Colossians is upholding Christ. It's Colossians 1, 15 through Ooh, yeah. like 20. That's what I was going to read. You go ahead and read it. You've got the Bible. It says he, this is about Jesus. He, the son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, which fun fact, not saying he's the first one created. Firstborn is like a, a, a positional term, not a when mm. he was created term because mm-hmm. he's not created. Um, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church which people like to debate. Uh, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy or so that in everything he might have the first place, some translations say. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Can we just focus for a minute on that a term that you read early on there that um, Paul writes that all things were made by him or created this one says for by him all things were created by him all things were created um how does that square with genesis 1 1 that says you know in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth is it difficult to see jesus christ as part of that drama of creation how what does your mind do with that how are we supposed to understand that uh this might turn into a ramble but the way the way i understand that is um so when God creates, it says he speaks like, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Um, and then later on in the chapter, when he's talking about when God's referring to himself, he's using like plural pronouns, which is like strange. Hmm. Um, and so there's, and, and it talks about the spirit of God hovering over the water. So there's, there's mm-hmm. complexity in the figure of God mm-hmm. from, from Genesis one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you follow the, the Bible throughout and you get to like Psalms and in Psalms, God will talk. I mean, uh, some of the, sometimes the psalmist will write about the word of God. So like God created by his word. Sometimes psalmists will talk about the word of God as though it's like a thing separate from God. And yet also God, like, I forget what Psalm it is. One of them says like God sent out his word and it healed them. Like it talking about the word as the thing doing, doing the work. Mm. Um, and then and so there's like this Bible project talks about it as like shelves created or like categories created like boxes. Um, and then you get to John one 
Mm-hmm. And when John looks at the entire Old Testament and how it talks about the word of God that has been there since creation by, by which God created everything, mm-hmm. John and John 1 identifies the word of God with being Jesus. It's like mm-hmm. the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then a few verses down says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all things were made through him yeah. and without him was not anything made that was made. exactly and so yeah. from that i get to colossians which colossians was probably written before john right we'd we'd assume that yeah yeah, yeah colossians is probably written before john but it seems like both paul and john being these these hebrew dudes who now have seen the messiah yeah they they both look at the old testament and they see like okay this category about the word like uh-huh. a, that that's been around since the beginning and is is doing stuff like Jesus is the the ultimate fulfillment of that category that's been created. Yeah, I, I that, think that's that, how I would explain it. I think that's an excellent way to explain it, and I think you've done a good job in not removing uh, some of the mystery of it, mm-hmm. and in just presenting the biblical language for what it is that Christ is identified with the Word. Yeah, I don't think God yeah because I created sorry. by the Word. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't think it's fair to say that like, it's a, it's a one-to-one correlation. Like the, to say that the Psalmist is necessarily knows he's talking about and is talking about Jesus, the Messiah. Right. It, it's similar to in Proverbs. I was just reading about this actually that um, in Proverbs, it talks about the figure of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then right. somewhere in the new Testament, it talks about how Jesus is the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. You get into trouble if you try to say that, okay, well, the wisdom in Proverbs and Jesus being called the wisdom, that's a one-to-one correlation. Right. Because if you're reading right. Proverbs, wisdom is a created thing in yeah. there. But but that doesn't mean that Jesus can't be the ultimate fulfillment of what that's pointing at. Great point. Yeah. Of God's um, power, creative power, and of wisdom. That's um, That was a great explanation. And that was, ladies and gentlemen, that was on the fly. I really put we we do things there. differently. <laughs> You would be able to explain it better than me. You would just need to go back in your office and think for 10 minutes about it. <laughs> What's the next book of the Bible after Colossians? Though I was actually thinking about that. It's the one that I am the least like familiar with in the New Testament, I think. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. So a uh, tidbit about First Thessalonians from my perspective. Uh, the summer that Molly and I met each other out in uh, Colorado Springs. at the We were part of a training program. Christian training program. The book that they had us focus on that summer was First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. And uh, I just have a memory of the small group of guys I was with. We spent like an hour debating the meaning of the word it in I think chapter one. So love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we were totally into it. So everyone was so convinced they were right in the referent of the word it. What is Paul talking about there? Uh, next yeah. week you need to tell us what the it is I'll go back or, and, I guess maybe in two weeks but yeah I'll go back and try to find uh, what was going on there in that discussion so we'll hit first first and second first and second Thessalonians next um, in the a next two weeks. times right the next two times yeah yeah yep next I, as I look at Colossians it kind of I feel like the reason I don't think of much specifically about it is, is that it's like a pretty like standard Paul letter like mm-hmm. if you were to like write a a Paul letter that's like an amalgamation of everything he's written you would get something I think similar to Colossians right like it's four chapters starts with a thanksgiving talks about Jesus Mm -hmm. talks about himself talks more about Jesus talks about how you're supposed to live yeah and then says some stuff about families and households yep and then greets and then closes (laughs) like it's like a pretty 
basic letter, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point. At the, at the risk of sounding irreverent. I think you're right. There's a lot of material overlap with Ephesians. Yeah. And Ephesians tends to be the, especially with the family, husband, wife yeah. stuff. And for whatever reason, we tend to use the passages from Ephesians to, to talk about. I think Ephesians may spell it out a little bit more. And it's longer. Yeah. It's two chapters longer. Two chapters long. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a great point that <laughs> some of the material is um, pretty standard Paul material covered other places. Uh, I think the thing that stands out, we kind of hit like yeah. the really high Christology mm-hmm. um, in Colossians. That's great. Um, I've got, as Tyler closes his dad's blue Bible, I was worried you were going to tell me not to, and then I got scared because I already had. As Tyler closes the Bible and puts it away, I've got some questions for Tyler about his uh, about his siblings. This is did you did you want me to get up and go put it away, or can I just leave it here till we're done? No, you're welcome to. I just wanted to okay, attempt uh, an interesting segue to give the listeners the, some color as to what's happening in the room. Ruin that for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> so the Bible has been set down. The blue Bible's on the blue couch. And this can't is, even see it blends into a, I don't know if the title of this episode is going to have anything to do with siblings, but we're going to talk about siblings for a few minutes. Okay. Might have something to do with everything being a task. We'll see. We'll see how I feel when I finish. <laughs> do you have some questions for me about siblings? Um, yeah. Who's your favorite sibling? Uh, I was going to answer that uh, just to be funny. Um, but I'm not going to because that would get me in trouble. And besides, I don't think I have one. Yeah, you can ask me that, but I can't really answer it. Okay. Like, I think that people would probably think that I have a favorite sibling because I hang out with one of my siblings more than the other one. But I truly don't. Okay. Like, I really, truly don't. Okay. You're, you're headed right down the road I was going to take you. All right. In Tyler's family, it's boy, girl, boy. Mm-hmm. Tyler's the oldest. I'm 24. Okay. Alyssa's 20. And Alex is 18. Okay. So what I want to know is in a, a boy, girl, boy family structure where there's three kids, boy, girl, boy, you know, when it was just you and your younger sister, she was your, your only playmate, right? It was you two doing stuff together to whatever extent, even though you're about four years older. But then when the brother came along, okay, because you share um, the same gender, you know, with him, even though you're further apart age-wise, was there a point when your relationship with your brother became closer than your relationship with was with your sister by the virtue of the fact that, you know, you're both boys, you're palling around doing stuff um, where you kind of switched the, you know, closest relationship from sister to brother. So yeah, that, I'm sorry that the picture you painted is not a completely accurate picture because we didn't tell me more about that. Well, so I'm four years older, like I'm four years older than Alyssa and six years older than Alex. So I never really, like, I wasn't really hanging out with Alyssa before Alex was born because like nine months after Alyssa was born, they were pregnant with Alex. Like they're only 18 months apart. (laughs) Um, Okay. So maybe it wasn't hanging out, but are you pushing her on the swing set? Are you playing in the sandbox? Not, Are you like fight using uh, empty wrapping paper tubes to play lightsabers? So this, I didn't watch Star Wars till I was 17, but no, this, but that's the other thing is that I didn't really like, I'm surprised you didn't ask about like fighting because that's typically where I go when I'm talking about this. Oh, I've got that question too. Yeah. Like, so I never really 
I mean, my parents could probably point to times when I did, but like, I didn't really get into like fights with my siblings when I was younger because I was enough older. It was just like mm-hmm. a different, like we had different interests for most of our childhood. Like, mm-hmm. um, but they would always argue with each other because they were only 18 months apart. Ooh. So I was, I was like the older brother doing my thing and they both liked me, but sometimes they didn't like each other so much because <laughs> they were close enough in age that they would argue more. I bet that felt good to be in that position. Did I didn't know. So, or did you feel like a third wheel and kind of an outsider? I did not feel like a third wheel. No. I was just doing my thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> no. And it's not like they were closer to each other than I was to them. I, at least I didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything just felt normal. Like the home you grow up in is what feels normal to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so how about, how about this? So your youngest brother just reached the age of adulthood, right? Yeah. Way to go, Alex. Yeah. Oh, I should really mention to, to answer your question more before you go into that. Okay. Um, I don't think we got to a point where I started hanging out with Alex a lot more than Alyssa until we started playing disc golf. Mm-hmm. So okay. like two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, and I would say definitely unavoidably, I hang out with Alex way more than Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Like Alyssa's at college and Alex until now has been in high school. Mm-hmm. And Alex and I both love playing disc golf and uh, watching disc golf and talking about disc golf. So <clears throat> we just do that a lot. Now that all of the magnuson siblings have hit adulthood do a little reflection here on how your relationships with each other have changed since you were all like living at home together um do you feel like your relationships have changed and if so is it for the better or for the worse um i mean i don't think so like i said i never really fought that much with them but i think like we probably get along better than when we were younger Mm -hmm. now just because we're grownups. I don't know. Um, so that, I mean, I think that's for the better. Um, I think I also value my siblings more than I did when I was a kid Mm. because Mm -hmm. I like, they're, they're really cool and like really like wonderful people. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that, yeah, that's something that I value more as I get older, but that like, not everybody has that, like not, not everyone has, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I feel like I say this on the podcast a lot, like how much I'm blessed by the things that I have, like Mm -hmm. not everyone has siblings that they're excited to spend time with. Yeah. But like I spend a lot more time with Alex than Alyssa, but I'm I'm like really excited to hang out with Alyssa when I can. Like there there are few people that when they call me, I would just talk to them for as long as they wanted to talk. But if Alyssa calls me, I will talk to her for as long as she wants to talk. Mm. Uh forgot my question. Oh no, here it is. Why do you think it's so hard for us to properly value our siblings when we're younger? Because at that the point you made resonates with me about you said something about valuing them, mm-hmm. you know, more. Why is it hard to value our siblings appropriately when we're younger, do you think? Because I think that was my experience too. I feel like one of the first roles of your sibling is like a rival. Yeah. You know, like so it's hard to value the person that you're competing with for food and attention. <laughs> Almost like you're constantly wanting to see the worst in them so you can feel better about yourself or look for their flaws. I'm, I'm speaking for myself now. Sure. Um, and, uh, but I think you're right. I mean, in one sense that in some ways they are um, rivals for the best bedroom, yeah, the biggest piece of pizza. Exactly. Cause everyone wants it. And when you're a yeah. kid, you, you're not really in the headspace to put others first as much. I mean, nobody does that as much as they should, but when you're a kid, it really just doesn't cross your mind. Yeah. I think we live most of our lives as uh, siblings in the house together thinking, you know, where is my area of success or how brightly am I shining in Mm -hmm. this family compared to this other person? And 
because again, we're not, not, not things that I had happen, but that I think is just a consequence of being older again. Yeah. Like I didn't really yeah. have to compete with them for attention or grades or anything. Like, yeah, I was really concerned actually. Cause I did, I mean, my brain is wired for school. So I did pretty, so I did pretty well in school and I was always worried when they were coming up, like I didn't want them to feel like they had to compare themselves to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that they're younger than me enough that, that like they probably still did, but it wasn't like the teachers had me one year and then had Alyssa the next year. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. What does Alyssa do really well? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought of a lot of joke answers first. Can we come back to that? I want to ask about your family before we run out of time. Oh, sure. I was going to ask you about Alyssa and Alex both and just give you a chance to promote them a little bit. I will. Since they've if I so kindly uh, promoted us in the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Fire away. How many siblings do you have? Five. And give the order and gender. Okay. So it's... this is why I don't remember because you have so many of them <laughs> girl, boy, you, me. Yeah. Another boy. Mm-hmm. girl 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 interesting so did you and your brother like was it like you guys against the world with all the girls in the house especially because your dad wasn't around mm-hmm. from like a relatively young age mm-hmm. yeah I uh yeah I think there was an element of that I know that we were not as kind to our younger sisters as I wish we would have been mm-hmm. and um actually did a podcast with one of those sisters who who is a podcaster herself oh. where I shared a lot of that regret and talked about um how I think a lot of that came from my own feelings of inadequacy <clears throat> as, as it does a lot of times when we put other people down and mm-hmm. it's because we're not feeling good about ourselves. So, um, yeah, my brother and I were really close, you know, played sports together, did everything together. And, uh, but two of the younger girls are twins. So yeah. they, ha- I mean, they were the same way they yeah. were doing everything together and living life in parallel tracks. And then there was a baby. <laughs> sure. Um, high page. I would like to say, yeah, I think that you, you mentioned like the boy, girl, boy order. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to have three kids, that's the order you want. Really? All right. Tell us why. All of your kids have a thing because being the oldest is a special thing. Being the youngest is a special thing. And being the only girl is a special thing. Huh. I think that girl, boy, girl is, is worse because. Okay, the, I'm excited to hear the rationale for this. I, I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Well, okay. This, maybe <clears> this will come out wrong especially when they get I kind of hope it does well particularly when they get to the teenage years I think girls demand more attention than like a teenage girl needs more attention a lot of times than a teenage boy that's not to like try to put down teenage I I really feel like that came out badly but I didn't mean it that way I I don't know I was told once that boys are like much harder to raise until they hit puberty and then when and girls are much harder to raise after they hit puberty i don't know if that's true or not i think that's conventional wisdom um but i just i don't know i'm happy that Alyssa is the only girl in the middle because if she wasn't i feel like she would it would have harder been harder for her to feel special sometimes and i'm glad that she was able to feel special for being the only girl i see okay so if it's boy boy girl please don't call me sexist i'm sorry (laughs) if it's boy boy girl you're saying like the the boy in the middle, the number mm-hmm. two boy doesn't really have a special place because he's not the only boy. He's not the oldest. He's not the youngest. Yeah. He's kind of got nothing. Well, I mean, I hope I wouldn't say that. I hope he has some redeeming qualities, but <laughs> I just, for in our family, it was really nice that we all had our thing. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I still don't know if I'm straight on why boy, girl, boy is better than girl, boy, girl. Um, other than I just feel like it's easier for a middle boy to be forgotten about than a middle girl. Ah, okay. Because the middle child, because the middle child, the stereotype is that they're going to be forgotten. Right. I feel like it, I feel like that is easier to have happen if the middle is a boy than if the middle is a girl. Uh-huh. And that might just be my personal like opinion being a boy 
like there might be a bunch of people who respond to at poll votes Tyler and say that that's not true and actually I'm wrong for saying that um but that that's my take yeah I would love some listener feedback on that especially if you are from a family where there's three siblings yeah and you're in the middle yeah and you are the only one of your gender right yeah um that'd be really interesting yeah so that might have been a hot take please don't think that I'm (laughs) trying to be a jerk to girls um that's that's all the time we've got for today tyler so maybe next week uh we have another special episode next week we kind of foreshadowed it a little bit but maybe maybe next week we can talk about things that we appreciate about each of our siblings okay since we might be with some of yours yeah good plan all right have a good week everybody bye